If you want to start a movement, you got to be willing to be with people, to pour your life into people. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Hey, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm Kyle. This is Bill. We are honored, as always, to have you join us on this podcast. If you're a visitor today for the first time, welcome. The whole heart of this podcast is to really spread God's heart for revival and awakening, to look at truth in His Word, but also to hear testimonies of things that are happening out there. And we hope it's a help to you. We're actually concluding today a series we've been doing on men and women that change the world. And we need more of them, right? I mean, there there have been across history those that God has used uh, to change nations and to change communities, to change churches, and to change families. And so today, we're going to look at the last person in that. And Kyle, you know, this has been such a great series as because people's lives challenge us, and you see the different aspects of their lives and what how they, how they were used to really change their circle their sphere. And uh, we come to a guy in this last uh, in this last podcast that just is so so personal to me uh, and I know to many people, but his name was Paul. and and he wrote, of course, two-thirds of the New Testament, so mightily used of God. And uh, I guess as a pastor, I've been a pastor for fifty three or four years. Uh, I've just gone back and back and back to Paul's life and what made him tick. You know, I don't think there's any passage that's more comprehensive than uh, the Acts 20 passage when he's with the Ephesian elders and he's saying goodbye. He'd been with them for three years and uh, probably spent more time there than any other place. And he just tells in a few verses what he did. And it, it's what I should do. It's what you should do if we really want to make an impact for the kingdom and start a movement. And that's exactly what happened with Paul. So just notice with, with me uh, some things about his ministry. First of all, he served these people physically, right? He says in verse uh, 18 of Acts 20, from the first day I was with you the whole time. I was just with you. You say, well, Paul, how did you disciple people? Well, I was with them. <laughs> how did you start a prayer movement? I prayed with them. Uh, how, how did you minister and bring comfort? I wept with them. I was with them. I spent time with them. You know, I remember a little statement by Charlie Brown uh, who said, you know, I love mankind. It's just people I can't stand. <laughs> and so sometimes we're like that. But if you want to start a movement, you got to be willing to be with people, to pour your life into people. He was with them. It reminds me of Jesus who appointed the 12, the Bible says, so that he might be with them. And to me, that's the greatest verse on discipleship in the Bible. He served physically, personally. You want to change the world? You got to be with people. You got to get out of your house. You you got to quit uh, restricting your life to a few friends, right? And be with people. Secondly, he serves sacrificially. It says in verse nineteen, 
I was with you serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials. Now, you just think about this for a minute. Paul was willing to go through stuff. He was willing to sacrifice in order to get the job done in Ephesus. And he served with tears. So that means there was some pain involved. He served with trials. There were difficulties involved. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to serve sacrificially? Paul was, and it changed changed the world. And then he served courageously. I love verse 20. He said, I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. Now, you got to think about some of the things that Paul shared. It was not all sweetness in life. It wasn't all sugar and spice, right, when he was talking to these people. Sometimes he was looking into the eyes of a guy and rebuking him. Sometimes he was saying, okay, man, let's talk about your life. What, what's going on in your family? How are you treating your wife? Uh, sometimes there were words of judgment. Sometimes there were words of the the strong truths of God's word that uh, throughout his ministry uh, cost him persecution and suffering and and uh, imprisonment. You know, stoned and left for dead one time because of what he was saying. But he was just create courageous. He constantly was asking people to pray for that. And apparently their prayers were answered because he did not shrink from declaring anything that was profitable. In other words, you got to think about Paul saying, if this is profitable for you, now it's going to hurt me. (laughs) It's going to be painful for me. Uh, But if if it's something that will help you, here we go. So he was courageous. And then he served what I would call comprehensively. It comes in verse 21, and he said, I was teaching you publicly and from house to house. You you get the impression about Paul that it's not, uh, he didn't say, well, I'm I'm a pulpit guy. You know, I just like to talk on the big stage. Uh, No, I, I preach there if it will help you. I will be in your house if it helps you. I'll go down to the lake and talk to Lydia if it will help her. Uh, I'll talk along the way to my disciples. I'll talk in private to Timothy and Barnabas. I'll go anywhere and do anything. My ministry is just to get the gospel to as many people as I can for as long as I can, regardless of the cost. This is a comprehensive ministry. He didn't limit himself to one little thing. And then, I love this, he served them bound by the Holy Spirit. Wow. He says, bound by the Holy Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem. This is one of Paul's favorite descriptions of himself. I am a bond servant. Now, we we don't get that in our culture but but everybody that Paul was talking to understood that he was this meant that he was uh he was a servant he was a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ and he had put them, himself there voluntarily so Paul said I'm not bound by a man's opinion I'm not bound by culture I'm not bound by comfort I tell you what I'm bound by I'm bound by the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit tells me to 
shut up, I'll shut up. If he tells me to talk, I'll talk. If he tells me to get up in the middle of a prosperous, wonderful, successful thing and go somewhere else, I'll go somewhere else. I don't care. I am in the yoke with Jesus. And wherever he goes, that's where I'm going in my life. And I'm bound by the Holy Spirit. If you were to think of one thing that characterized Paul's life, it was a spirit-led, spirit-full ministry. He was full of the Holy Spirit, right? Bound by the Spirit. And then if you want to change the world like Paul, you have to serve people regardless of the cost. He says, bound by the Spirit, verse 22, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me that bonds and afflictions await me there. Now, I'm telling you, that would have been a recipe for me to just get out of Dodge. <laughs> I'm not of all the places I'm going. Uh, and people were pleading with him, don't go, don't go to Jerusalem. Because there were people that hated him there and that wanted to persecute him there. And the Holy Spirit told him, apparently, you're going to be afflicted. You're going to face some difficulty. But Paul had just, this was the amazing thing about him. He, he just said, regardless of the cost, I'm going. I'm bound by the Spirit. I don't, I don't care. My life is indispensable. It, it belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I remember the beautiful story of Joseph Sohn in Romania that's, that there was a church in Aradia that was greatly used to start the Romanian revival that led to the liberation of the whole nation, actually. And Joseph Sohn said they began to speak uh, to see the truth of what Jesus meant when he said, take up your cross. He said that didn't mean, when they said that, when Jesus said that, it didn't bring up this image in people's minds of a nice little diamond pendant or a beautiful white cross on the top of a steeple. When Jesus said cross, a cold chill went down Paul's back because he'd seen his countrymen writhing in the hot Jerusalem sun uh, being crucified. It meant one thing. It meant death. It, mean, it meant if you want to come follow me, you've got to give me the rights to your physical body so that I can do whatever I want to with your physical body. When the people in Romania got that truth in his church, they began, it was in under communism, they began to tell everybody about Jesus Christ. Revival broke out because they didn't care what people did to them. They'd given their body to Christ. And they, the police brought Joseph Sohn into the police station. They beat him. They tortured him. They gave him the ultimate uh, threat. They said, if you don't stop and tell your people to stop, we're going to kill you. And his response was, hallelujah. He said, if you do that, he said, you'll take me straight into the presence of the one I want to be with anyway. <laughs> but secondly, you will take my blood and spread it across the nation, and it will start a fire burning you cannot extinguish. And so you know what they did with him? They deported him. They sent him to America. Because you see, what can you do to a man who doesn't care what you do to him? He's absolutely unstoppable. Now listen, folks, as, we, as you hear this podcast today, 
The problem with us, the reason we're not used to start a movement, is we're stoppable. We're just stoppable. Oh, that's too uncomfortable. Oh, what will they think? Oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stay up all night in a prayer meeting. I don't want to get up early. I don't want to stay up late. I don't want to master the scripture and let it master me. That's too much work. That's too hard. No, Paul said, I will do anything regardless of the cost. And you know why? Because he served people selflessly. Here's how he said it. This is my life verse, actually. He said, I do not consider my life as any account as dear to myself. Wow. That's, that's our problem. That's why God can't use us more. We count our life as dear to ourselves. My comfort, my time, my reputation. You know, I want everybody to think this about me. That's dear to me. This is the foundational difference between Paul and most men. He had fully surrendered his life, his time, his reputation, his future, everything to Jesus Christ. And he didn't regard his life more important than his calling and mission. And because of that, finally, he served faithfully all the way to the end. He said, I don't count my life as dear to myself, here's verse 24, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. That's how you start a movement. That's how you start a movement. And by the way, he did serve this way, and he did finish the task. He comes in the end of his life, and he writes to his young son in the faith, 2 Timothy 4 records it. He says, I finished, I finished my course, man. And in the future, there's uh, laying up a crown for me in heaven. And what a, what a moment that will be <laughs> when he receives that crown. Hmm. He started a movement. I've often thought of Paul standing in that day when, we, when yeah. we we're going to receive rewards. Yeah. And uh, Jesus... And the father calling him up, turning him around. And all of a sudden, Timothy stands up and Lydia stands up and all the people they led to Christ. And it's just thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And I think that's what it will be because he says in 1 Thessalonians, who is my hope and my joy and my crown? Is it not you? It's you. It's people. And and then the Lord kind of turns him around and says, well done. Amen. Good job. What a lie. That's how you start a movement. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's how you become a man or a woman that changes the world. Right. That's been the whole point of this. I, you're just saying, if you value your life, if your life is too valuable to yeah. you, then you're not very usable to God. Yeah. You know, like that. That's If it's like, ah, you know, Lord, you can have this, you can have that, yeah. you can have this. But, you know, I, I got some, I got some stake in this part of my life. I got mm-hmm. some, hey, there's some things I want out of mm-hmm. this life here, then you're just limited in your usefulness. Right. Yeah. You know? And but for the man or woman that's like, hey Lord, it's yours. And I yeah. mean that that when Christ who is your life appears. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when he's it, when he's the he's the end all of your life, God says, I can use that. Yeah. I can use that. To change oh yeah. The world. It, I can, he'll be unstoppable for me. Yeah. You and know, and so. we live, we are listening to this podcast 
because men and women went before us right and changed the world yeah yeah and i believe that god's raising up those that will now mm-hmm. and those that will next yeah uh, so let's pray for that and you know uh kyle we've talked about a lot of people mm-hmm. you know uh, a daniel a uh, peter a yeah. paul uh you know, Stephen, uh, there are parts of each of those men and women, Hannah, yeah, and uh, that that challenge us. Right. And I would encourage our listeners to just go back and kind of think through that list sure. and and what is God saying to me mm-hmm. that needs to be adjusted in my life right. so I can help change the world. Yeah. So yeah. let's pray for that. I'll I'll begin. Yeah. And you join us as we pray. Lord, uh, we're so grateful. Mm-hmm. We're grateful, Lord, like the great roll call of faith in Hebrews 11 for men and women of whom this world is not worthy, uh, who uh, suffered and who were willing to believe you and who didn't count their lives as dear to themselves and who walked with you. And because of that, Lord, they changed the world uh, in their lifetime. They they were men of God who served the Lord in their day. And uh, Lord, raise up among us men and women, young and old. Raise up, raise up sixth graders, Lord, ninth graders, seniors in high school, college students. Uh, senior adults and everything in between, men and women who are usable to you. Lord, Kyle and I pray, don't pass us by. We want to be used by you. Whatever sphere, that's your determination. Whatever gifts you give to get the job done, you determine all that. We don't care about that. Mm -hmm. But Lord, we want to be used by you for your glory Mm -hmm. so the world can see what an unbelievable God you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lord, I agree with that and pray for our listeners today uh, and, Lord, for those that are just spread across this world. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you would help us, the like Paul, to surrender our lives mm-hmm. and to value you and your kingdom more than our own lives and this earthly life, God. Mm-hmm. This one is so temporal, God. I pray that you would help us to live with a million years from now in mind. Yes. And in light of that, God, we would be someone you could say, I can use them. I can. I, I pray even now in Jesus' name, God. I pray you'd handpick some people mm-hmm. it, for this generation to use to change the world. Mm-hmm. And and God, like Bill said and prayed, the platforms, the gifts, all the things, uh, Lord, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, if it's, it, let it start um, by changing our lives, and let that be a change that that can happen in our families and Lord, uh, the influence you give people in workplaces and school systems, God. But then Lord, I pray that that fire would spread until you come. And Lord, I pray it would happen for your glory. Pray in Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you, Bill. And thank you, Kyle, for another just powerful podcast this time on the powerful life of Paul, the apostle, and especially how you all talked about how he persevered and how he lived the life of the message that he was proclaiming. Oh, behind me is a quote that says, be the change you want to see in the world. I'm kind of preempting what we were planning to do as a testimony today. This is November 29th, Tuesday morning. 
and I'm at the gym actually, and I just wanted to jump into this podcast and uh, make you aware of the fact, if you don't already know, that our National Prayer Committee Chairman, David Butts, went home to be with Jesus just a few days ago. He also was the president, the leader of Harvest Prayer Ministries, and as many of you know, he's been on this podcast numerous times, and he's on the executive team of One Cry. He lost his battle with cancer, but he did not lose his battle of being the change that he wanted to see in the world. And I just wanted to uh, uh, let you in on a little recording of video cast that I did just a few weeks ago, perhaps uh, David Butts' last uh, uh, video capture uh, when he was alert. And I asked him the question, uh, what would it take today? What advice would he have for the prayer movements for a revival in America? I was profoundly surprised at his answer. And that's our testimony segment today. It's hearing from the late David Butts, who went home to be with the Lord, who will get to, to remember and honor here in a week or so in his hometown. But I'm telling you, this man was a man of God. But more than that, he was a man that produced change because of how he let God use his very surrendered life. We're going to miss David Butts. We're going to miss him enormously. He's been a dear friend of mine for the last 30 years. But more than that, I believe our nation is going to miss his cry, his call for revival and the importance of prayer and the power of prayer in revival. And more than that, I believe that the greatest impact he could ever have would be through you and through me as we do what he did, and that is till his dying breath was faithful to the finish, lived the surrendered life, the changed life for his entire life. So I'm blessed today to introduce to you a little interview that I did with David Butts just a couple of weeks ago. God bless you, and thank you again, Bill and Kyle, for that powerful, powerful message. Man, God has just given me an enormous privilege over many years of ministry to connect with individuals that become mentors to me and also become uh, uh, just inspirational, if you will, uh, to keep a fire burning in my heart, and especially as it relates to seeing God move in our nation in revival and spiritual awakening, which uh, we all know every revival has been given birth to, cradled, or nurtured in prayer. So I'm especially blessed uh, right now to be sitting in uh, kind of your office area of David Butts, our National Prayer Committee Chairman and the leader of uh, Harvest Prayer Ministries, and uh, just spending an evening and a morning uh, with Dave and Kim, my wife and I are, and I've been so blessed already in just hearing what God has put on Dave's heart. And uh, most of you know, or many of you know, that Dave is going through an, uh, a human prognosis that isn't good. Well, it's great for you, potentially, yeah. <laughs> to get to be with Jesus. It's a win-win. Uh, it's a win-win, yeah. But also, uh, man, it's a time, I believe, Dave, when, when God puts things on your heart, I need to hear it. We need to hear it. Uh, I think especially the prayer movement needs to hear it. 
and uh, you've been a catalyst that God's just used you amazingly in the prayer movement. And I just felt like, uh, given the unknown on our level, the very known on God's level, uh, it'd be so good to hear anything on your heart, Dave, related to the prayer movement. What What's God saying to you? What are some words you would give to them? Uh, exhortation. So thank you for letting me sit next to you and be a part of this brief conversation. Uh, it's been a delight. We've had a, a great time, <laughs> yeah. uh, Kim and I, having you uh, and Sue here. And uh, I'm excited about the future of the prayer movement. Mm. I've been a part of the prayer movement, uh, in a sense, full time for well over 30 years. Yeah, wow. And that means I've been through a lot mm. of events, mm. a lot of activities, and they've been good. And don't hear me otherwise. <laughs> they've, they've been good. They've been powerful. Mm -hmm. There have been times when thousands of us have gathered, uh, sometimes on the National Mall or sometimes on television, in different events. Uh, and through the years, it's, it's, sometimes it's like an ebb and flow of things. But as I've gotten older, and as I've dealt with a few physical issues, mm -hmm. there's something that God keeps putting on my heart. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's something we know. But that ultimately, the prayer movement that God is looking for mm -hmm. is a movement of humility. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of humbling ourselves before Him. And uh, I'm not sure we've done that very well yet. Yeah. I, I, and my goodness, some of the most humble people I know are mm. part of the prayer movement. But I think there's a tendency sometimes for us to look for the next, the next big thing, mm. the next great thing. Mm. How can we move this many people? How can we get this many people mm. to do this? And, and I, I go to those things, and, I, and mm. I've enjoyed them. I've been blessed by them. I'm increasingly convinced that what God is looking for are quiet people. Mm -hmm. People who aren't quiet in relationship to Him, who are continually praying. But it's a matter of humbling ourselves. It's not a matter of coming to God with expectations of what He owes us mm -hmm. or what He's going to do. Or if we just get it right this time, maybe it'll work. Mm. I, I am calling for, in my own life, mm. whether anyone else hears or not, but I'm calling in my own life for a, a quiet revival, mm. Uh, mm. A, a passionate calling out to God mm. that isn't concerned about how many others, mm. or how we could get this many people involved. Now, am I concerned about that? Sure I am. I'm, I'm human. I'm concerned about people's mm. involvement in prayer. I want to see that happen. I'd love to see churches that are growing in prayer. Mm. But ultimately, it's me and Jesus. I mean, ultimately, that's mm. what it is. Mm. I get to spend time with him. Now, if that gets to be face-to-face -face sometime soon, mm -hmm. uh, that'd be a glorious thing. Mm. We're still praying for healing. Yeah. Yeah, still yeah. praying that. Sure. 
We, we know what medical science can do. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to see what God can do. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, what I would long to see for in the prayer movement in America, mm -hmm. and really around the world, mm -hmm. is a movement of humility, mm -hmm. quietness before Him. Mm -hmm. And I think Scripture is going to bear that out on, on how, how tough it is sometimes to quiet yourself before the Lord. But that's where the power is. And so that's my heart for my brothers and sisters uh, who are both in the prayer movement and are perhaps someday will be a part of the prayer movement. Walk in humility. Humble yourself before the Lord. And watch and see what He does as He raises us up in answer to prayer. You said something there, Dave, that was very convicting because you said uh, how we tend to look to the next big thing, how we tend to look to the next event. Yeah. And it made me ask myself, when's the last time I looked with the same amount of excitement to when I could be alone, to when I could be silent? Yeah when I could just, as you said, be with Jesus. And uh, if I hear you correctly, you're saying that may be what God's looking for to determine whether or not He's going to pour out His Spirit yes. in, a, in a powerful movement. Is it how many big things there are, but how many small, unnoticed, That's right. humble events of communion with the Lord is taking place? Can we do this in a way that doesn't hit our newsletters? Mm. Doesn't yeah. make a big splash somewhere? Mm. Except in the courts of heaven. Mm. It wouldn't be great to hear the angels saying, Look, look, mm. they're praying. Who is? Well, those two over there. There's three over there. You know, not mm. not the thousands, the tens of thousands, mm. the millions. Mm. Though I would love Fair to see, see that happen. Yeah. People should not hear criticism of this. But I know that ultimately what God is looking for, mm. what touches his heart, mm. is humility. Mm. That's where he's calling us. Mm. And that's evidenced by being content, satisfied, maybe full of faith when it's just us. That's right. With the Lord. Yes. Dave, why don't you, uh, anything else you would want to add to that? Or if not, why don't you pray for that? Yeah. Uh, especially for those in prayer movements now, that God would plant that in their hearts. Yes. Beginning with me. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for calling us into that right relationship with you where mm. we clearly understand the difference. <laughs> Lord, you alone are holy. You are the Holy One of Israel. Mm. There is no one like you. And if there's no one like you, then that means we're not you. We're, we're not the one that is trying to get attention. We're not the one looking for recognition. Lord, we want to see you honored and glorified. And if you grant us success, Lord, 
in some area of life. Help us to make sure that that glory just is reflected right back on you. And that we find ourselves longing to see you, you honored and glorified, worshipped in the midst of your people. Lord, I pray for this movement of prayer that you have clearly established. Lord, there's no doubt in my mind, you're the one that's established this movement of prayer that I've been watching for 30 years now. Lord, I believe it's time for a greatness of mm. humility mm. to come out of the movement of prayer mm. and change the hearts of people everywhere. Do it, Lord, in our lives. My friend Byron, mm. in my life, Lord, mm. in the movements that we work with, mm. we long to see right. this movement of humility mm that marks your movement of prayer. Mm. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, thank you, Dave. And uh, I hope those words, uh, coming from someone who doesn't know how many days or weeks or months, of course, none of us do, uh, we will be here on this side of eternity. Uh, they carry a weight in my heart, and I trust it does in yours as well. So, Dave, thank you. Appreciate it. I just want to encourage you, man. We believe that some of you are those that God will use to change the world. Mm -hmm. And you might could help somebody by sending them this link and saying, hey, listen to this. God's speaking to me. Listen to it and let's talk about it. As you share it, it might help spread something that the Spirit of God is doing in our day. So we're praying for you. Hope you have a great week and we will see you back here next week.